Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us all that once was good. And it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. That's right, it's the 30-something movie podcast. Thank you so much for being here once again with us, uh, or if you're coming here for the first time, welcome. Glad you're here. Uh, my name is John Reed. I am the host of the show. Typically, I'm here with one of the other guys, uh, Pat Canigallo, Jeff Mazuka, Dennis Matuch, or Bo Warmbold. Bo, the love fest, Warmbold. It's just me this time around. Uh, life has picked us off one by one. It's like, it's, it's like the Predator, or it's like Alien. Uh, it's like a horror movie. You know, you're all walking through a house you do, one by one, and, and the guy at the back gets picked off, and then everybody turns around to try to see where that guy went, and then now the person who was the first who's now at the back, they get picked off, and it, life has kind of done that to us lately, and, and not all for bad reasons, but um, things have just been a little crazy, been a little busy. Uh, Jeff and his wife had a baby, well, his wife did the having of the baby. Uh, Jeff is there helping with the raising and feeding of the baby um, and moral support and things like that. So congratulations to Jeff and his wife. Uh, Dennis, so if if you are a person who... uh, praise for other people or just you know thoughts thoughts and prayers if you want to do the whole thoughts and prayers things um but uh dennis actually took a bit of a tumble on his bike a little while back and he's been in the hospital for the last few days so we're hoping dennis is feeling better soon and and gets on the road to recovery really fast um because i know he's he's an active guy so he doesn't like to sit around unless he absolutely has to and right now he absolutely has to so uh hopefully he's getting better real soon and then it just it's been a little hard this school year to get our schedules lined up and everything so we've been a bit off on getting some of our uh, just a bit outside on getting some of our episodes put out on time so we do apologize for that we try to do the best that we can to get those put out for you every uh the plan is every wednesday but life finds a way uh, for me too, I, life has been really busy. There's the possibility of me moving into a new job, so that's something that's gonna it's causing my entire family to kind of reevaluate what our family time and schedules and all that stuff look like. Um, my son is deep into middle school, which means getting more involved into middle school sports and all that stuff. So it's just one of those seasons of life where you just kind of get a uh, get a new normal going, and so we're in that in between time where we're kind of struggling to find out what that new normal is. So couldn't get any of the other guys uh, to, to meet up this time or to get together this time for a hangout online or in person. So we're going to have to push back our Little Monsters episode uh, for just a little bit until we can get that one in. And our Little Mermaid. So two, we had two little problems. Uh, little Mermaid, Jeff wanted to do that one before he went off on his leave. Um, 
before his wife had the baby and then just schedules and everything else we couldn't make it happen so uh jeff is a huge disney fan loves the little mermaid movie so he wanted to definitely be a part of that episode so we're going to try to do that one after he comes back and he's only he's only out from work for a few weeks so uh he will come back and, and we'll probably do that one sometime later in october so if you're not a huge horror fan then uh, that might be a, a bit of a palate cleanser if you will uh during the month of, of uh, october i almost said november Time seems to be going that fast right now. So uh, so we're going to try to do that one maybe later in the month of October when uh, Jeff gets back. Uh, but in the meantime, since we couldn't get everybody together for our regularly scheduled program, I had the opportunity uh, some nights if I've been working on stuff late or if I you know have to just sit down and work on something. A lot of times I like to have something going on in the background, either music or I'll put on a movie or a TV show. Uh, when I used to grade, uh, when I was a classroom teacher and I would grade essays uh, to keep me from just pulling all of my hair out sometimes because I love middle schoolers, but the vast majority of them, their writing is yeesh. Um, but that's why we teach them. That's why we're there. So, uh, But in order to help me get through that, uh, sometimes I would put on some stuff in the background. That's how one of the times that's how I got through the entire run of Battlestar Galactica. And then I realized, wow, that was a really good show. I probably should have put it on when I could pay full attention to this. So that's my wife. That's why my wife and I have watched it now probably three times over. Uh, but a couple of movies I have found lately that uh, the website Tubi TV, I don't know if any of you have ever gone there before. It's kind of like a free Netflix. It is ad supported, so it's got some ads here and there. But uh, I have found that it's got some great movies. This is like when I was a kid and I would stay up late at night when I really wasn't supposed to. I'd sneak into the living room uh, a little bit like you know Little Monsters, if you've seen that movie before. A little bit like how Fred Savage character uh, sneaks into the living room and is watching TV late at night. I did not eat the peanut butter and onion sandwich that he eats. That's disgusting. Uh, apologize for any of you who love that kind of thing, but that's gross. Uh, but I was a kid that used to sneak into the living room because it was uh, the room was kind of separate from the rest of the bedrooms in the house. So I could kind of sneak in there, turn the TV on, turn it down all the way, and I could be watching some TV and nobody would really ever know. So I used to do that a lot where I'd stay up at night and watch TV and, and find some of those late night movies on and uh, sometimes not so great stuff. Uh, sometimes you know just some classic old movies that you'd never really see anywhere else. So I was always a fan of, you know, like when TBS would run some of the old movies late at night too um i love me some sven Gulli whenever i get a chance to watch that just those those old movies especially the old like sci-fi horror ones that you never get to see anywhere so this 2b tv they've got a, a kind of a selection of movies that for me kind of fits that bill so what i decided this time is since i had had a chance to kind of watch through some of those over the course of the last couple of weeks i just, just was going to take a couple of those movies throw them together and give you what i'm going to call a 2b twofer so you're getting a two for one. I'm going to talk two movies this time. It'll be a regularly, you know, regular length episode. I probably won't go uh, past an hour with these, but uh, two movies this time. It's two that I've watched recently, both from 1989. That was the other great thing. I could go to Tubi. Uh, I think it's Tubi.tv if you want to go there yourself and, and uh, set up an account, start a watch list, totally free. And I just I popped in the year. I just typed into the search 1989 and I got a whole bunch of movies that came out in 1989. A bunch of other stuff in there, too. That's that's some really good stuff. Some from the 90s that I'm looking forward to when we get to that point. But I found uh, a movie I had not really heard of before and figured I'd just give it a try. And then I found one that as a kid, I absolutely loved this movie. And spoiler alert, as an adult, I don't know why. 
I loved this movie, but I will get into that. So our movies this time, uh, I've got Dream a Little Dream, a uh, a vehicle for the two Corys, if you will, it looks like, and uh, No Holds Barred. Now, you might be asking, is this 1952 No Holds Barred with the Bowery Brothers? No, that one might be better. I've only seen bits and pieces of that one. This is the 1989 Hulk Hogan and Tiny Lister No Holds Barred movie. So we're going to be talking about those two very, very quickly. We spoil the movies. I'm going to talk about the plot. I'm going to talk about what I liked, what I didn't like. Sometimes if there were more than just one of us here, we'd be talking back and forth. And sometimes we let plot details slip from other movies. Just be aware. We're, we're going to talk freely on this podcast. We're going to tr- we try not to spoil anything that's like out in theaters right now or something that's very, very new. We will give you a spoiler alert at the time if we do that. But if it's something that's been out for five, ten or more years, we're just going to talk freely. So we won't necessarily stop to give you a spoiler alert for something like that. If you haven't left left us a review on iTunes, uh, please go ahead and do that. Uh, you can leave it wherever you get your podcast. iTunes is kind of one of those that with the algorithms and everything else, it would allow us to kind of move up in some of the charts and everything. If we had some iTunes reviews on there, we do have several iTunes reviews. I think we're still sitting at a uh, five stars, I believe. So that's very, very nice for the, the few iTunes reviews we have on there. Thank you so much to those who have done that. Um, but yeah, please, please do that if you haven't had a chance to and visit our website, 30podcast.com, three zero and the word podcast.com. That'll give you all the different ways that you can get in touch with the show. Uh, if you want to reach out to us and if you've got some suggestions on movies you'd like us to cover, uh, if you have any questions for anything, there's a voicemail line. You can call into the voicemail line. And, and let me just throw this out here real quick. Nobody calls the voicemail line. I, it's set up and I'm not I'm not complaining about that, but um We'd love to hear from you guys. I mean, we hear we've got a, a group of people that we kind of interact with a little bit on Twitter, but not everybody's on Twitter. And I know we've got you know quite a few people that are, are listening to the show. We're a, we're a tiny but dedicated podcast, uh, but we do have a, a good amount of people that are listening to the show uh, each week when we put out episodes. So we'd love to hear from you. So uh, if you want, we're on Twitter. We do a lot on Twitter. I say we, and by that I mean me. Um, but yeah, if, if you want to, you know, share some of your thoughts on the show, uh, treat it like one of those radio shows. You can record something on the voicemail line. Hey, first time caller from Cincinnati, um, whatever you want to do. But that's there for you. The number is on our website and all the different ways you can get in touch with us is on the website there. So I am going to skip over a couple of different things because we got these two movies. We'll do some more like movie news stuff next time. I didn't see a whole bunch of brand new stuff that had come out uh, around the time that I was going to be sitting down to record this. So not really going to go over a whole lot of news right now. I'll do that when the other guys are here because I'd like you know them to have a chance to comment on some of that stuff as well. So. Let's jump in the DeLorean. We're going to head on back to this week in 89. I really couldn't find a whole lot of meaningful historical events from September 25th to October 1st, 1989. If you can think of some, then please let me know because I'm sure I missed something. Uh, There were births, there were deaths, there were marriages, there were events, but none of them I felt were necessarily ones that needed to be shared on the podcast and take time for it. So top book is still clear and present danger by Tom Clancy. The top movie was black rain directed by Ridley Scott, starring Michael Douglas, Andy Garcia, and Kate Capshaw. The top song was girl. I'm going to miss you by Millie Vanilli. So I'm going to, I'm going to do these one at a time. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to do no holds barred first. So I'll give you kind of the background information and I'll give you the uh, cast of that one. We'll play the trailer and then I'll talk about that one for a little bit. And then we will swing on over into dream a little dream and I'll do the same for that one as well. So no holds barred. 
came out on the 2nd of June, 1989, rated PG-13, with a runtime of 1 hour, 33 minutes. Directed by Thomas J. Wright, who also directed episodes of the TV series Beauty and the Beast, Highlander, and NCIS. Producer on this one was Michael Rachmium. I think I'm saying that right. He uh, also produced L.A. Story, Roxanne, and the original Flatliners. Writer on this one was Dennis Hacken, who also did Wanda Nevada and Bronco Billy. Uh, very, uh, very rhymey there, very poetic. Uh, cinematography done by, and I know I'm going to butcher this name, so maybe I'll just spell it. Uh, Frank B-E-A-S-C-O-E-C-H-E-A. I Biscoshi, I don't know. Frank B. Thank you, Frank B. Frank B., if you're listening, I am really, really sorry. This is a great time for somebody to call in and use the voicemail line uh, if you'd like to. So, Frank B., if you are listening to this right now, um, I have seen some of your work before as a cinematographer. So, thank you so much for your contribution to film and TV. Uh, if you could, I mean, if you want to call in and tell me how to say your last name, I would love to do that because I, I don't want to be disrespecting anybody by messing up their last name. Uh, he did episodes of The Twilight Zone, the 1985-1986 version, and then some episodes of the Beauty and the Beast TV series. Music was done by Jim Johnston, who also did music for a lot of different WWE wrestling events. Budget on this one was $8 million. The box office was $16 million. The reviews... Not so kind. Uh, the reviews, Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a give it an eleven percent. That's not good. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it a thirty four percent. A little better. IMDb gives it a forty four percent. It's even better. Letterbox gives it a forty four percent. It's about the same. And CinemaScore does not even have a score. All right, here is the trailer, and we will be back in just a moment. something this is sick. you don't see every day are you ready for a whole new Hulk Hogan Hulk Hogan is ripped to the world he's a hero but to this man he's history Stand back. Way back. Get ready for the battle no ropes can hold. No ring. No referee. No rules. Gentlemen, it's time. No holds barred. This is an unprecedented display of strength and determination. No Holds Barred is one of those movies that when I was a kid, I, I remember, I vividly remember going to see this in the theater. So I was probably one of the like five people that went to go see this in the movie theater. Although when I was talking through some of the other stuff, like, I mean, it, it did make $16 million. So it did make back its money. But uh, this one is one that's just panned left and right since it came out and it just it didn't do much at all at the time in fact i think there were jokes made about it on some of the other um, some of wwf's competitors 
Back in 1989, when I was a kid, I was about eight years old at this point, Hulkamania was in its prime. I was a huge WWF wrestling fan. Whenever we had an opportunity to go to the video store and rent something, I was always renting the SummerSlam VHS tapes, the uh, WrestleMania 1, 2, 3, 4, whatever I could get my hands on at that time. Um, but, I mean, that was just a regular, that was my thing. I mean, I was so into wrestling. I knew all the characters. I was collecting their the cards that they had. Uh, I had some of the video games for the Nintendo. So this was always just kind of a big thing for me as a kid and, and a huge Hulk Hogan fan. And as a kid, you don't know that these things are scripted. Like, you don't know that this, even if they're not scripted to a certain degree, you don't know that this is entertainment. Like, I was completely convinced that everything I was seeing on WWF was real. When people were upset with each other, it was real. When Zeus appeared on WWF, and I, I think it was he either... He didn't break Hulk's back, but I feel like he he just I forget how it happened exactly. But you just you felt like Hulk was out of commission and that like he would never come back again. And I remember as a kid that was devastating. Like that was just my eight year old mind just couldn't wrap itself around that. There was someone that was so strong that they could break Hulk Hogan. And so I remember all this vividly uh, at the time except, you know, when I'm trying to come up with the details of, of how Hulk got hurt on the on WWF when Zeus appeared on there. Apparently, Zeus, uh, Tiny Lister, was not that great of an actor, so I think they tried to introduce him on WWF, but it just didn't work out very well. Or he wasn't, not that he wasn't that great of an actor, it's that he wasn't a professional wrestler, so he didn't really have, it was just more of a, his character was just going to stand there and be brute strength. So it was not like he had all these great wrestling moves or anything like that. Not a lot of showmanship in terms of uh, moves and technique and whatnot. So I think that's why he probably didn't last very long on WWF. But I just remember as a kid thinking of him as just this intimidating, unstoppable force. And I remember going into the movie kind of that way too that i had seen this movie and i thought this guy is just this is insane like hulk's not going to be able to do it he's not going to make it so um it had been i mean it's probably i think i might have watched this movie once more uh, or i watched it several times as a kid probably watched it once more maybe back in middle school probably and so this was the first time in quite a while that i had come to this movie and found it and I knew that this movie was coming up for this year. I knew this was an 89 movie, but I was like, I, I don't know that that one's going to make the cut. Uh, if we do any like extra episodes, maybe I can throw it in there. If we do like a Razzies episode or a you know, worst of 89, I could throw it in there because it gets such low ratings uh, on some of the critic sites. But when this came up, when I was like, well, I, I you know, put this one on recently just in the background to watch it. And, uh, you know, the other guys aren't able to make it. So let me just throw one in here. But this is one that I, I very much remember seeing as a kid in 89, very invested in it. And uh, it doesn't it obviously doesn't hold up like this many years. Later. It probably didn't even hold up at that time. But I was eight years old. So that's how it goes. This movie when it starts off, I mean, I'll just kind of go a little bit from the beginning. I won't necessarily go through the entire plot, but basically, and I don't know why they didn't just use the name Hulk. They they used the name Rip. They came up with a family for him. They, they had this whole backstory. Um, pretty much everybody else had their normal names, but so... I guess the the villain is this TV executive who wants Hulk on here, wants Rip on his competing network. 
can't get him. So, you know, they go to this weird bar slash wrestling arena where there's no rules and Zeus shows up and he just is tearing people apart and they decide, well, this is the guy that we want. They can then trick you know, rip into fighting Zeus and uh, they'll get their ratings. They'll get, you know, they'll, they'll people. This is what people want to see. It's extreme wrestling with no rules, no holds barred. Um, just meaning that, you know, there are no rules is all that means. And so that's basically the story. And then the rest of the story is, is uh, rip the rip character. You know, he's off, you know, trying to just live his best life as a professional wrestler and there were a few things in this movie, obviously I didn't pick up as a kid, but there were a few things in this movie that I picked up on this time around watching it as an adult. And uh, Joan Severance as uh, as Samantha was definitely something I picked up on uh, this time around watching it and did not necessarily pick up on as a kid. But there were some of those scenes where she, particularly, well, when she first shows up, she's probably not dressed the way that you would normally expect a, a businesswoman to dress, but... Or at least she kind of is, but more is revealing than it should be. And I did not remember the scene of where they had to stay in the hotel room together. And they had only booked the one room, so they put the sheet uh, half over the bed. And he's going to sleep on one side, and she's going to sleep on the other. And I'm watching this going, wow, like some of this, like some of the insinuations, some of the other stuff, this is not, this is not a, well, I think it's supposed to be a kid's movie, but it's not coming across this scene in particular is not coming across as a kid's movie. So I think that's probably where some of the the movie maybe falls apart a little bit is that some of the humor and some of the other stuff just it's it's very childish. But then you put in some of these adult situations. Like uh, for example, the first time she shows up, I think they're sitting in the boardroom and uh, Rip is sitting at the end of the table, Hulk is sitting at the end of the table and and she comes in and she introduces herself as uh, is it Samantha and more. So Samantha N as the middle initial and more as the last name, you don't ever hear her entire name. You know, it's either Sam or Samantha for the rest of the movie. But when she introduced herself as Samantha and more and you're looking at Hulk and he's just eyeballing her the entire time, just practically undressing her with his eyes the entire time. I'm just sitting there thinking this is so much like like a, a James Bond movie. This is like a Sean Connery, James Bond movie. When, when she said her name, Samantha and more, I almost like, I almost needed Hulk Hogan to just come out with a Sean Connery accent and say something like, I don't doubt that you are or something like that, because it just was so ridiculous the way her name was presented. I was like, okay, these, whoever's writing this one, they obviously watched a, a Connery movie, a Bond movie, not that long ago. Cause that's exactly what this feels like. Um, you know, presenting them. I'm, I'm Plenty O'Toole, named after my father. I don't doubt it. So, yeah, that's uh, that was that. Then there's the scene, and again, this is where like I, I don't know about the humor side of this movie because it's I know professional wrestling, big with me as a kid, big with a lot of kids, and it just. But this movie, in a lot of ways, like the action piece, kids would be fine with that. But there's just some things that it just I don't think it knows or it doesn't do well, that balance of being a kid's movie that also appeals to adults. Because you do get into the scene where he's in the limo and he's being driven by uh, Brell. That's that evil executive. He's being driven by his limo driver and they lock all the doors. They lock him in the limo and he's trying to get out. 
first of all, if he can bust out of the limo just by leaping through the roof of it, then he shouldn't have any trouble busting out the doors or anything else as the limo is driving. But that's neither here or there. The part that I had not remembered, but when I was watching this, it just it just made me cringe. Is when he does bust out and he gets you know beats up all the guys that are there to beat him up because he refused to be a part of the the this evil guy's TV network. After he beats them all, he's just you know it's it's Hulk and he's just growling. He's just growling the whole time, and I'm like that that's not how. What is he supposed to be like? Is are we supposed to see him as an entertainer who's just trying to live his life, entertain people, and, and do the best he can, or is he this muscle bound creature that when he gets angry, he just that's all he can do? So I don't know. So, but then he gets to the part where he's beating everybody else up. He pulls the driver out of the car, and he's like. And he's like sniffing and growling. And, and then you kind of see the back of the driver's pants are completely wet. <laughs> and he's growling. And I think he's, he's something to the effect of, what's that smell? And the driver just goes, dookie. And I didn't, I mean, as an adult, I didn't know what to do with that. Like, <laughs> I, I get that it's, I get that it's a, probably a kid's movie. But we just had this action scene with, you know, the the car, the limo, like crashing into, you know, gratuitously crashing into all kinds of stuff. You had him beating up these other guys. So we're in an, in a more of an adult type situation, like an adult style action movie. But it's broken up by the limo driver responding to the phrase, what's that smell with dookie? So there you have it. Maybe that sums up the entire movie. Maybe that's all I needed to say about this movie and just say, no holds barred. Dookie. But anyway, uh, so we go on over the rest of the movie. I, there's really not much to tell about the rest of this movie. I mean, the rest of the plot is eventually he, you know, confronts Zeus and there's going to be the big throwdown between the two of them. And you find out that uh, the character of Sam has been double-crossing Rip the entire time, but she's really fallen in love with him. So there's kind of that back and forth. And it's just very, you know, story-wise, it's, it's very thin. It's very convoluted. Um, it's just not... Maybe it's something that if they wanted to do like five minutes at a time over the course of a few months on the WWF show, maybe it would have turned out better. But as an hour-and-a-half movie, eh. Not so much. So that's, I, and you know, the final battle at the end where they're fighting each other, um, you know, as Samantha's trying to escape, she's been captured and that's kind of their threatening. First of all, this TV executive, like what, in what world does this TV executive get to do all these like crazy, ridiculous, illegal things like threatening people's lives and all this other stuff. Um, so it's just, it, it, it did not straddle that line between a kid's movie and an adult movie very well. Um, in fact, if I, if I could sum it up in much the same way that the movie itself kind of treated everything, uh, if it tried to straddle that line, if it was trying to, you know, it was trying to sit a, atop the fence there, um, it definitely fell and went crotch first into the fence post. Um, yeah, it's it does not hold up. It's if you want to go watch it, <laughs> it, it it's on. If you're listening to this in uh, September of 2019, it's on Tubi.tv right now. So if you want to, if you got an hour and a half to kill and you have fond memories of this movie, or you're just like, oh, this sounds absolutely ridiculous, 
let me pour myself a couple of beverages and go watch this movie. Absolutely feel free. I'm, I'm not saying that you should stay away from. Well, I guess I am. Uh, I'm not saying that if you really want to see this, you should stay away from it. But it's just if you saw this as a kid, don't expect. I mean, this is one of those. Don't expect that it's going to hold up this many years later. Uh, I'll be curious to see when we watch Suburban Commando. My brother loves Suburban Commando and, and actually asked for that DVD for Christmas a couple of years ago and I got it for him. So I'll be curious to see because I remember watching that one, too, and and loving Suburban Commando. So I'll be curious to see when we get to that one later on, kind of what my take is going to be uh, with that movie. Uh, maybe Christopher Lloyd saves that one. So uh, it, it'll be a much better experience. But um, this movie, what it comes down to is it doesn't know if it wants to be a kid's movie or an adult movie. Um, there's a lot of different times where uh, Samantha's character is put in situations where she is just has as many opportunities as possible to show off herself, uh, her, her Samantha and more. Um, and it's just, just ridiculous. Like times where she's, she's trying to escape, but she's quietly trying to, as somebody stands up from a chair, she kind of quietly kind of leans over the chair and kind of falls forward. And, and somehow she, you know, she's thrusting herself bodily forward and we'll leave it at that. But, uh, yeah, it just, it definitely doesn't hold up. And it just doesn't know what it wants to be. So was it fun watching it again? Absolutely. It was fun watching. It's a ridiculous movie. It's a stupid movie. It Was it fun? Yeah, it was fun to watch it. I, I'm not going to watch it again anytime soon. I'm not going to share this one with my kids. If I was going to share anything with them about my love of uh, wrestling, uh, don't don't actually love wrestling anymore, but my love of wrestling from when I was a kid, I'd probably go back and show them some of the old matches. I'd try to find, you know, the early Summer Slams and, and WWF and uh, just show them that instead because or Suburban Commando. We could do that later on, but uh, not necessarily going back to No Holds Barred anytime soon. So. If you have seen No Holds Barred, or if you go to Tubi uh, and you want to watch it there, or you happen to find a copy somewhere else, I would love to hear from you. If you have a totally different take on this movie, as I've said, it was fun to watch, but it's not a good movie at all. If you disagree, or if you totally agree, and you want to share your thoughts on this, as I said earlier, we do have the voicemail line, we have Twitter, we have all that stuff, so please, 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 please feel free to jump on there. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, let us know what you thought of this one, so... That is uh, No Holds Barred. So let's jump on to our, since this is our Tubi twofer, uh, I'm going to jump into the next movie I had watched on Tubi. And I think I had more of a problem with this movie than I had with the No Holds Barred movie. So this spoiler alert, didn't like this one either. I'll take that back. No Holds Barred, I, I'm okay with. I, I'll watch it, like I said, I'll watch it, but it's not a good movie. This one, I had never seen this one before. I had no preconceptions of this one going through. I was just like, oh, a 1989 movie. Let's throw that one on. I like the song Dream a Little Dream. So uh, let's throw that one on. Let's see what's going on here. So this one is Dream a Little Dream. And this one came out on the 3rd of March, 1989, rated PG-13 with a runtime of one hour and 54 minutes, directed by Mark Rocco, who died in 2009. He directed The Jacket and Where the Day Takes You. Producer, also Mark Rocco, uh, produced The Jacket and Where the Day Takes You. Uh, also another producer, D.E. Eisenberg, who did Dream a Little Dream. I think that was his only thing. Writers on this one were Mark Rocco, Mark Rocco the uh, director, and D.E. Eisenberg, the producer. They also wrote for this one. And uh, 
same thing. Uh, Rocco did Where the Day Takes You. Eisenberg did Dream a Little Dream. And then also story and screenplay were done by Daniel J. Franklin, who also did uh, some episodes of Knott's Landing and Dream a Little Dream 2. Now, imagine my shock and surprise after I watched this movie and thought, huh, that wasn't good to find out that they made a sequel. So I know there's plenty of times, plenty of movies where sequels are made after a bad movie was made, but the just of all the movies, if, if I could have started to list the bad movies I've seen, and then you told me, all right, now which one of these definitely had a sequel made, it would not have been this one. I would not have thought that this one had the sequel made. So I probably be would be more willing to go watch Weekend at Bernie's 2 as opposed to watching Dream a Little Dream 2. Uh, let's see. Cinematography was done by King Baggett, who also did, sounds like he should be in Lord of the Rings. Uh, he did the cinematography cinematography for The Last Starfighter and Revenge of the Nerds. Music was done by John William Dexter, who did the music video for Loverboy, uh, the song Heaven in Your Eyes. And that was pretty much the only thing. Budget couldn't find it. Box office, 5.6 million. So, yeah. Reviews on this one, Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it a 0%. This is one of those 0%, uh, the 0 on Rotten Tomatoes, the coveted 0, I guess you could call it. Rotten Tomatoes audience, though, gives it a 67. So audience, you know, not uh, not alongside the critics in this one. IMDb gives it a 59%. Letterboxd gives it a 52 And Cinema Score, there was no score for this one. Starring Jason Robards, who died in 2000, as Coleman Edinger. Um, he was in All the President's Men and Parenthood, we just watched recently. Corey Feldman was Bobby Keller and Coleman Edinger. Edinger. Um, we will, uh, you'll find out why. He has the same name as the first actor. Stand By Me, The Goonies and the Lost Boys. Piper Laurie played Gina Edinger. She was in The Hustler and Carrie. I keep saying Edinger. It might have been Edinger. I think it's Edinger. Uh, Meredith Salinger played Lainey Diamond. She was in The Journey of Natty Gann, which I remember seeing as a kid. Um, missed that one. That was a 1985 movie. But uh, She was also in Lake Placid. And let me just stop there for a second, because had I known that, had I known more about Meredith Salinger, she's not bad looking. So I kind of think like as an older kid, there might have been a little bit of a crush there. So I'm, I'm just saying. But uh, yeah, moving on. Harry Dean Stanton uh, played Ike Baker, died in 2017. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton did, not Ike Baker. He was an alien in Repo Man. Corey Haim died in 2010. He played Dinger. Uh, he was in The Lost Boys and Lucas. Susan Blakely played Cherry Diamond. She was in Over the Top and The Towering Inferno. William McNamara played Joel. He was in Copycat and Stealing Home. Matt Adler played Dumas. Uh, I think it's Dumas. Dumas. I think they say Dumas. Well, they make the pun about his name later. Uh, he was in Flight of the Navigator and Teen Wolf. Victoria Jackson, uh, who was in Saturday Night Live, played Kit Keller. She was also in UHF and I Love You to Death. And Alex Rocco, who died in 2015, played Gus Keller. He was in The Godfather and Smokin' Aces. Here is the trailer for Dream a Little Dream, and we'll be back in just a moment. Bobby was just a normal teenager. Is he okay? 
Ask him if he wants a pop tart. Until he bumped into Laney and the Edingers. This wasn't supposed to happen. Oh my God. I'm him. Now, Bobby has three days to find himself. That's rude, mister. To pass high school. I was that SAT man Saturday afternoon test. And steal his best friend's girl. Well, maybe you're not her type. I'm every girl's type. Or his future is history. No! Thank you for a frightening, confusing, strange, and dangerous time. What more could a girl ask for? Jason Robards, Corey Feldman, Piper Laurie, Meredith Salinger, Harry Dean Stanton, Corey Haim. You're expecting maybe Freddy Krueger. Dream a little dream. Okay, so dream a little dream. Uh, this one, I'll start off by saying I'm not a huge fan of the two Corys. Uh, I, I liked them. They were fine in The Lost Boys. But other than that, I can't necessarily say that I'm a big Corey Feldman fan. Um, so the, their movies are not ones that I go back to a lot or at all, really. So this one, you know, I just I happen to spot it. I'm like, oh, well. All right, I'll give it a try. It's a 1989 movie. What can it hurt? So I started watching this one, and this one is kind of, there were a, a string of uh, body swap movies over the course of, in fact, I almost did this, uh, almost thought of doing this at one point for last year, because I think there were three, if I remember, like three or four uh, body swap movies. There was 18 Again, which I think... Is that the George Burns? That might have been the George George Burns movie. Uh, then there's Big, and there's another one too, and I forget what the other one was called. But there were these movies where people were swapping bodies with other people. Maybe it was a a kid that in Big, like a kid that grows up to be an adult, or an old man that becomes a kid again. And this is kind of in that vein as well. But it's super confusing. The story is convoluted. I spent a good portion of my time trying to remember. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay, so who who is this person? Why are they here? What's going on here? Who is this character supposed to be? Wait, this character is supposed to be this person and this person now? And the writing is just not clear enough in this movie. This movie is so very convoluted uh, that I, you know, I, I kept watching it, but there were several times that as I was trying to recall, I'm like, okay, wait, why are they in this situation again? Did I miss something? And I would back up a few minutes in the movie. I'm like, okay, I didn't miss anything. I just don't understand what's going on here. There was a lot of stuff that bothered me about this movie. The premise, not necessarily a bad premise. You have this older couple, and the the husband is kind of longing for being a younger person again, but he's, he's kind of the, the crotchety old man who gets upset with the kids for walking across his lawn, and uh, the kids don't like him because he's an angry old man. And so they, they come up with this idea of, or he comes up with this idea of some some type of meditation or tai chi or, or something that uh, is supposed to help them feel younger or be younger or, or whatever it might be and then you've got the the side plot of the kids just kind of like he's you know Corey feldman is in love with this girl and um 
you know, she's way out of his league and she's dating somebody else. And so you've got that kind of the, the kid subplot. And a couple of things that I thought this movie did well was it did show throughout the movie when they do swap bodies, because there's a point in the movie at which um, uh, Laney and I keep blanking out on his name, Bobby, uh, Bobby and Laney kind of run into each other at some point. If you watch, if you listen to the trailer, or watch the trailer, you it happened in the trailer there, but uh, they kind of run into each other right in front of where um, Coleman and Gina are doing their meditation. And so somehow they end up their minds or their souls or something end up getting in the bodies of these two kids. And so then the rest of the movie is they're trying to find a way to get things back right again. And he's got to find her, but she doesn't know that she's two people in one body and some of that just wasn't it didn't line up and it just didn't make a whole lot of sense the way everything was presented it wasn't consistent either um there were times where you know Corey feldman was acting very much like a teenager and then times when he was acting very much like an adult and they didn't really make it clear whether or not the the two personalities would take turns uh controlling the body that it was in so that part was a little strange I think the one big problem that this movie has is the consistency, the consistency, the continuity of things. There were just so many times that I kept thinking, whoa, hold on. <laughs> I, I feel like I missed something. I feel like I just jumped into the movie um, and, and that I must have missed 10 or 15 minutes, but I didn't. So that's just the movie itself. So the, as I was, let me back up a second. So the thing I was saying before was what it does do well is I felt like at a point in the movie he comes to the realization, the old man comes to Coleman, uh, comes to the realization that it's tough to be a kid now. And I think that's something, you know, for as someone who's a teacher, you know, all of a lot of us that are hosts of this show, co-hosts, we are educators. So we deal with kids on a daily basis. And I think that that's something that, you know, as an educator of kids who tend to be just starting out their teenage years, um, and I've taught in, in high schools before, I think that's something that would be really a really important message to share, no matter what generation, whether it's the 80s, 90s, you know, and kids always think that, well, adults just don't get it. And I think to a, to a certain extent, that's probably true, um, that there is a certain amount that adults just don't get. Now, are there times where kids are being overly dramatic about some stuff? Absolutely. I, I just take myself as an example. I know, looking back at myself when I was a teenager, were there things that completely did not matter in the grand scheme of things, but I felt they were of the utmost importance at the time? Sure. And that's adolescence. That's just what it is. Um, what this movie does well is, though, when he comes to the realization, he's like, you know, I think he's he's explaining it to his parents, but that's one of those times where it's uh, Coleman that seems to be in control of Bobby's body. And he's telling the parents, look, it, it's really t I'm trying my best. It's really tough to be a kid, um, but I'm trying my best. And I thought that was a really great message. I would have liked to have seen that held up a little bit more consistently. But the movie kind of goes off the rails at one point. And we've got like a, a fight and a gunfight and they're going to shoot somebody. And it just like the, the boyfriend, uh, Lainey's boyfriend is super abusive and really a jerk. Um there's just several ways in which the movie goes off the rails, and it, I completely lost track of, all right, what's going on here? Well, that escalated quickly. Since when did he become a, a psycho? Um, the mother, oh, we'll get to that in a second. Lainey's mother, 
yeah, I, I have comments about that here in a moment. I'm glad Pat didn't watch this movie. Pat would have had a really hard time. He would have very much disliked this movie, I think. Um, so, yeah, just a, a confusing movie. It had the tiniest bit of a message that I would have thought, oh, that's great. I, let's do more of that. Let's see more of that. And it just didn't hold on to it. It just went off in so many different directions. This movie didn't know what it wanted to be. It didn't know if it wanted to be a movie about, uh, or maybe it did, a movie about teenagers, a movie about older people, and bridging those generation gaps, but it just didn't do it well. It just, and and to see that some of the writers on this one and, and other people that worked on it, this was the only movie they ever did, that makes sense. Because if this is what this team of creative people produced, then I don't know that I would want to see something else that they had produced. So Corey Haim's character spends a good portion of this movie limping around. I guess he had been trying to teach his mom how to ride a motorcycle in real life. And they had crashed into the uh, into a side of a building. And uh, as a result, he broke his leg. So his character had to be a character that had an injury so that that could be explained. I guess this is also one of the last movies that Corey Haim was in before. Both of the Corys were heavily into drugs at this point. And I guess this was probably one of the last major movies or mainstream movies that uh, Corey Haim was in before he died in in 2010. Uh, At this point, I think that Hollywood had had enough of his drug use. And so he was, uh, I'd read somewhere that he was pretty much blacklisted after this point, couldn't work in Hollywood, and ended up just doing a lot of uh, direct-to-video kind of releases from this point on. Um, yeah, so this a couple of other things. Uh, in the bedroom, they had a poster for The Lost Boys, which I thought was kind of a funny, uh, funny touch. Uh, Corey Feldman did some dance moves at the dance that were Michael Jackson related. He was, a, you know, he was obsessed with Michael Jackson. Uh, I think friends with Michael Jackson, too. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. This movie just, it's all over the place. It was, I was hoping for a kind of a fun, kind of like a romantic comedy, eighties, romantic comedy, teenage coming, coming of age type movie. And what I got was just something that was very confusing. It had moments that were kind of fun and funny, but it just, it just lost me several times along the way. Oh, the mother, Lainey's mother. Um, they get to a point in the movie where they can't fall asleep. If Lainey and Bobby fall asleep, then the the older couple will be lost forever if they do that. Um, and again, that was not super clear on, on to me, wasn't super clear as to what was going on and why they were trying to do it and why she couldn't remember that she was also Gina. Um, so I don't know. There's a point in which she goes home and her mom is so upset with her for going out with Bobby because she was blaming Bobby for a lot of stuff. And even though it was actually her other boyfriend or her actual boyfriend that had been doing a lot of it. And it, what did she, I'm trying to remember how she did it. She's sitting there with her uh, either, I don't know if it's her boyfriend or husband. I, I can't remember, you know, what they said. I think it was just boyfriend and uh the mother and she puts like these like sleeping pills she like crushes up some sleeping pills and puts it in a glass of wine and hands it to the boyfriend and says here get her to drink this and i'm sitting there going what the heck <laughs> like first of all all right it's the 80s so maybe mom's carrying around a bunch of sleeping pills um but as we know from beetlejuice she's sleeping with prince valium tonight we what parent 
well, I'm coming at this from, you know, a parent that would never do that to my child, but I'm sure there are some out there. What parent, your first response is going to be, I need my child to calm down, so I'm going to crush up some sleeping pills, and I'm going to put them in a glass of wine, and I'm going to give that to my teenage child. I'm going to have my boyfriend, who my teenage child is already kind of upset with and said, I don't want you living in this house anymore with us, and I'm going to have him take her a glass of wine with crushed up sleeping pills in it, give her that, so that she'll calm down and go to sleep. That's stupid. That's absolutely stupid. Like that point in the movie, and then that's the point that I knew if Pat was watching this, no, he would lose it. He would drive his motorcycle into the television or computer screen or whatever. No, that is, that's ridiculous. That's dumb. Like whoever decided that, just that piece of writing, it's like, okay, so the danger is that if she falls asleep, so how do we write it in? that she is almost forced to fall asleep. Let's have the mom give her sleeping pills. No, that's just, it's weird writing. It didn't make sense. It, it was just dumb. It was very, very dumb. Um, so that part kind of bothered me. Harry Dean Stanton, great actor, completely wasted uh, in this movie. Not wasted drunk, but just wasted as in, I don't remember what his character was. At the beginning of the movie, I thought his character was trying to kind of, you know, move in on the on Gina, uh, but then he disappears for the rest of the movie and never comes back. And I'm, I'm like, what what was his character supposed to be? So, I, and again, I tried to back up. I'm like, did I miss something? No, I didn't miss something. So maybe that should just sum up this movie. My my review for this movie, I wouldn't even do stars for this movie. My review would just be, did I miss something? Question mark. Because that's kind of how I felt, uh, you know, going into it. So, as I said with the first movie, as I said with No Holds Barred, um, there were moments of entertainment with this one, but the writing was just so convoluted for me that I just couldn't handle it. I didn't really know what I had seen when I came out of it. Uh, and then when I did look up some of the reviews on Dream a Little Dream on Rotten Tomatoes, um, I saw that a few people kind of agreed with me, too. Let's see. Um, Walter Goodman from the New York Times gave it a two out of five. And the quote they have here is, this is one incoherent movie. I have a hunch that the writers couldn't figure it out either. Uh, I do enjoy Roger Ebert's. He gave it half a star. He said, Dream a Little Dream is an aggressively unwatchable movie. Okay, there we go. Um, let's see. Uh, Richard Harrington from the Washington Post said, folks staggering out of Dream a Little Dream may well wonder what the heck they just saw. So all of that kind of fits with how I felt watching the movie. I didn't read any of these until after I'd already seen it, but um, it's just a weird movie. Weird movie, not entertaining enough for me to really enjoy it, and just got very, very lost in the, the convoluted writing of this movie. Also didn't help that I'm not a huge fan of, of the Corys, uh, but um, yeah, so there's all that. Uh, Meredith Salinger. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, so those are our two movies for this time, the 2B twofer, and uh, I might do this every now and then. Um, I've also been kind of running through the idea of possibly doing some extra episodes and maybe putting those out as part of a Patreon. Uh, I know some people do that. We've got other podcasting friends that uh, just as a way to try to cover some of the cost of doing the podcast, obviously we don't make 
any money off of doing this. We just do it because we love the movies. Uh, but it does cost to put the podcast out. So I've been thinking of doing that, maybe doing some uh, some little side episodes or things like that and putting those up on Patreon if people are interested. So uh, yeah, I might think through that. If you've got any feedback on that, uh, you know, feel free to let me know. If if you are uh, if you like our show and, and you want to give back in some way, that might be some way that we could set up so that we can, um, you know, set that up for you or, or just leave us a review. We'd really appreciate if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and uh, that would be much appreciated. So, so thank you for joining me here. Um, again, we'll get the other guys back as soon as we can so that we can finish off little monsters and uh, we'll get to little mermaid sometime soon when Jeff gets back again, uh, hope Dennis is doing well. Um, you know, we're thinking about you, Dennis, if you're, if you're listening to this, uh, if you are listening to this, turn it off, get some rest, get better. Uh, Jeff, hope everything's going well with the baby. Um, Pat, Bo, you guys are fine, but you know, thank you anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, so just wanted to, uh, just want to get a, an episode out here so we didn't miss anything for this week, but we'll be back with our regularly scheduled program later on. Uh, we've also got our Halloween movies coming up, so I am super excited about that. I have looked at this list and I don't think I have seen any of them. So I'm excited for this. Uh, Celia is an Australian horror movie. Uh, the original Pet Cemetery. I have never seen. I've never seen either of the Pet Cemeteries. Uh, I have not, as far as I can remember, I have not seen Nightmare on Elm Street Five. That might be the only one of the of these that I have seen. Haven't seen Leviathan. Haven't seen Shocker. So. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we were going to do an episode on the Joker. We're going to try to see it the day it came out. Now, that was one, though, that I was going to go see with Dennis. So because Dennis is in the hospital right now, uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I know I will probably go watch it, but I know he was excited to see it, too. So we'll just kind of have to we'll play that one by ear and see how it goes. Um, later in the month, we might also do a Zombieland 2 episode if we, you know, if we happen to get around to that one. I just know with things being as busy as we have. I just, I'm not sure about those. So we've got the other Halloween ones coming up soon. We'll get you little monsters and little mermaid, uh, next time around uh, little mermaid might be a little bit later, but we'll get in little monsters here. Cause I know the other guys, uh, we had some differences of opinion on that movie. So it will be interesting to have that discussion. All right. Well, uh, other places that you can find us, you can find us 30 podcast.com is our website. We are pretty active on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. We're on Instagram, all those different spots. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can leave us a voicemail if you'd like to, we'd, we'd love to hear from you again. And, um, yeah, so we'll see you back here next time for whichever our next movie is. I'm hoping it's little monsters, but it might be, uh, might be moving on into some of the October stuff at this point. But, uh, We'll get you back here for something. In the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time. Bye now.